Straight down to fucking business today, walruses in episode 97. You know who I am, so I'm not going to tell you. We're getting straight down to discuss marketing today. Now, I was doing a bit of research on marketing recently, and I came across a marketeer by the name of Jay Abraham, who was a huge deal in the corporate marketing world in the 1970s, right through to the early noughties. Now, this was pre-internet for the majority of it, so you must factor that into the equation when we're considering what he did, as I'm not sure that you would get away with it now, given the proliferation of and availability of any type of information for virtually free on the internet in the modern world. But I think that we could all learn a thing or two from his approach, and I'm going to distill that down to you today. Now, he was a great believer, this guy Jay Abraham. I don't know if you've heard of him. Maybe you can look him up. He was a great believer in personal incremental growth. Now, he says that the problem with people is that they think they can go from zero to hero overnight by attending one course or through an, uh, a fortnight of being the best that they can be when this approach doesn't deliver unbelievable results in a short period of time. They can then go back from being hero to being zero in a pretty sharp period of time. And that's pretty much true. Look, it's the old New Year's resolution philosophy of I'm going to change, completely change my life and there's a great desire to be better Every zero in the land rushes down to buy all the gym um, uh, equipment and outfits, etc. And the post-Christmas sales and knock the, knocks themselves out for a fortnight. Then we know what happens. They lose the motivation when the notion passes. And then they go, and be, go back to being exactly the person that they were before uh, in the previous 50 weeks. And then it's just rinse and repeat after that. So Jay Abraham talks a lot of sense about that. And I'm certainly, I'm a massive believer in what he says and have been all my life. Now, Jay Abraham um, was believed to be the leading marketeer of this entire period of time over a number of decades. And he helped turn around the fortunes of hundreds of clients in the recession, recessions of 1974, 1981 and 1990. Now, he became the highest paid marketing guru in the world had an unbelievable hourly rate of, I remember, this was decades ago, what do you reckon his hourly rate was? $500, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, keep going, keep going, $4,000, $4,500, no, it was $5,000 per hour, $5,000 per hour, and uh, most of you are saying, I wish I could earn that in a week, and that was back in... The day, decades ago, now he was earning up to $20 million per year in marketing fees, working for some of the biggest companies in the world, including IBM and Citibank. $20 million per year in marketing fees. And I say that was back decades ago. He was so good at marketing that he once really, and this is what really attracted me um, to him and why I wanted to bring this story to you because this was so outlandish what he did here but he's a great marketer folks he was so good at marketing they once released a book called Stealth Marketing um, slash Recession Proofing Your Business so Stealth Marketing or dash Recession Proofing Your Business and guess how much he sold that uh, per copy how much did he sell that book per copy 
ten dollars, hundred dollars, two hundred, three hundred, four. No, he sold it for a thousand dollars per copy, and it was friggin' well sold out in two weeks. A thousand dollars per copy, and the guy's actually only ever published three books. Now you got to remember at all times that this was pre-internet, and you have to factor that in. And I'm going to try and factor that in as I go along through the episode. Now I'm going to let you into some good news, though. We have actually acquired a copy of the book for the library on Walrus Island, where all the world's greatest knowledge and expertise is housed for free, and all the Walrusians gorge on it and develop themselves, and one day you will be able to join us all too. So this $1,000 book, we have a copy of it in Walrus Island Library. But it got me thinking, would you pay a $1,000 for that information. Uh, it's not because I'm going to sell the, sell the one copy of the book that I've now got. Would you sell, Would you pay a thousand? Or maybe you should try that. Would, would you pay a thousand dollars for that information? Could there be such value in a book? Now many people clearly thought that there could be. And so they purchased, purchased it. Now the world has become a very cynical place unfortunately. And he'd probably be called a entrepreneur these days. Um, but if this guy was genuinely the world's greatest marketer and the marketing of his book clearly demonstrates his ability as a marketer, that he had the balls and the skills to market it at that price, then who's to say that's not worth every cent? Now, maybe when you can charge $5,000 per hour, you'll feel entitled to put your book out there at $1,000 for a copy of your book. Alternatively, Maybe he might have been better just charging $20 and he he would have had a far wider distribution. But if he'd done that, maybe I wouldn't be talking about him to this very day. Now, I would estimate that 95% of the people I come across on social would say he was a con artist. But that's largely in my view because most people put so little value on themselves at an hourly rate that they're getting paid, whether that be £10 or £20 or £30 or whatever, And they cannot comprehend that someone else can add such value to the world. But as as I've said to you many times now, the producers of this world have great value. And the consumers of this world do not have that value. When you understand that, you'll understand the value of J. Abraham and of others. Now anyway, I decided to do a bit of research on J. Abraham to see if his marketing strategies were that good whether the book was worth $1,000, whether they've lasted the test of time and whether they could have any application for the walruses. Now, also, as you know, I like to add value. So if I can divine some of his content to you on this free resource, that would be me adding additional value in this podcast episode. And it might be the most valuable episode we've ever done. So when you thought that the Speed Mentor podcast couldn't get any better value... Think about that, folks, that we're now adding value, so much value to the world that we're going to download a thousand pounds worth of value in this book. When you're probably tucked up in your bed, I was doing research at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning on this shit. Now, I hope you appreciate all of that value that I'm adding to you. I'm only only pulling your leg there, folks. Now, the book is really, really good, actually. Now, just before I get started, Abraham comes from the school of thought that understanding and satisfying the needs of your customers is absolutely paramount. So, for instance, he gives an example and he would say that if you own a hardware store and a customer comes in asking for a drill, that customer does not really want the drill, but that customer wants a perfect hole. Now, when you understand that, 
you can transform yourself from a salesman to a trusted advisor, setting yourself up for a lifetime of repeat business. So just have a think about that and let it sink in for a minute. They weren't looking for a drill, they were actually looking for the perfect hole. It's quite genius in my view when you really take the time to think about it. Now chapter 2 of the book is all about the 10 biggest marketing mistakes everybody is making in marketing and how to avoid them. And Abraham says that we're all making these mistakes and that, he says, eliminating just one or two of these 10 errors can catapult your business beyond everyone else's. And he says, incorporate all of them and the sky's the limit, literally. So I'm going to do these 10 errors that uh, marketing mistakes that everyone is making and how to avoid them. So marketing mistake number one, not testing, not testing. Abraham believes that we should assume nothing in marketing as we come with our own biases to it. Now, the market is the ultimate arbiter, so why not put the question to a vote by the people who count? How do we put a marketing question to a vote? By testing one sales approach against another, one price against another, one ad concept against another, one headline against another, one TV or radio commercial against another, one follow-up or upsell overture against another. Tabulate the fucking results and analyse. You will find one approach almost always substantially outpools all the others by a tremendous margin. Never stop experimenting like this. Um, we find one that works and then you put it on steroids, folks. You put it on steroids. Now, marketing mistake number two. Running institutional advertising instead of direct response advertising. And what he means by this is, uh, this may well have less application to some of the SME uh, and entrepreneurs and small businesses that we have in this marketplace that most of the walruses are probably operating. Um, but you'll see that Abraham was well ahead of his time when he talks about this. Now, he noted that most advertising was largely non-compelling, telling a, telling a corporate story of how worthy our company is, and therefore you should buy from us. But Abraham said this needed to be ripped up and replaced with, with what he called direct response advertising, or what we would term a CTA or a call to action. And um, he would say, Abraham said, why should they buy now? What's your USP? Did you know it's a brand new model? Create a FOMO, a fear of missing out. Show the evidence it works. Is there a money-back guarantee, etc., etc., etc. Compel people to buy and take an action. Let them know the results they can expect from their actions or their purchase. Now, we're all schooled far better on this stuff now and um, with all of the Facebook and Insta and MailChimp advertising that we have. And these all help us to, add, to highlight our CTAs, our calls to actions. But think about the message leading up to the call to action and that's what you really need to work out. We know about the CTAs, but what is your message leading up to the CTA? Now, marketing mistake number three, failure to develop your unique selling proposition, your USP, your unique selling point or unique selling proposition and articulating it clearly as an integral part of all of your marketing. And, and he says all of your marketing. So Abraham states that a failure to identify and evidence of USP is a critical failure by most businesses. Look, he says it's your greatest advantage, but very seldom is achieved or even attempted. He says it should be at the core of absolutely everything you do. And I'm quoting him here. It is the philosophical foundation of your business and its essence should pervade everything you do. So are you a 24-hour service? 
Do you have a 24-hour turnaround that competitors don't? Are you the best? Work that stuff out. Watch your core. Watch your USP. And then hammer the fuck out of it. And keep hammering even when you think everybody already knows it because they don't, folks. This is marketing. That was marketing mistake number three. So marketing mistake number four, not having a back end. Not having a back end. Now, most companies never address the back end or residual part of their businesses. But the back end is all important. Abraham tells of one client um, he had who sold a rare coin collection for just $19. And he was losing money on every single sale. So he sold to 50,000 customers on what he calls upfront. Upfront. But on the back end, so he was losing to every single one of those 50,000 customers. But on the back end, nearly 10,000 came back and bought for $1,000 or more making his client $2 million. So he lost on the front end with a $19 sale to 50,000 customers. But on the back end, nearly 10,000 came back and spent 1,000 or more making his client $2 million. Additionally, he goes on to say that his client goes back to the original 50,000 customers and hits them up again and about he bags about 250 who spend a further $1,000 or more at a 25% margin, making a, fifth, a further $50,000 when he does this every single quarter. Now, because all of the people knew they got a bargain out of that first 50000 they feel a good feeling towards this person who did something on the front end and enables them to, back, to do it then on the back end. Now, this is now what we call a sales funnel, and it's very popular in online marketing. The back end is vital to every business. Now, marketing mistake number five, failing to determine and address your customers' needs. Now, Abraham estimates that 95% of businesses he works with uh, never determine the needs, desires, or requirements of their potential customers. Now, don't just think about what you're selling. Think about what the customer needs. Remember the drill and the hole I talked about earlier on. It's not about what you're selling. It's about what your customer needs. Is it convenience or quality or price? Do they want to save time or make money or become more effective? What's the advantage you can offer? Abraham warns, warns against going too wide to please everyone. He says, talk to your customers and determine which needs you can fill. Be consistent with who you are, what your business is and how you operate. Then let the marketplace know that you're fulfilling uh, that need. Now, marketing, marketing mistake number six. Forgetting or never recognising that you have to sell and educate your way out of a business problem. You can't just keep cutting the price. So if you have a problem, don't be afraid to own it. Such as, look, if we, we have far too much inventory of an item item that may be maybe last, seller, um, last season's best seller or something like that. Or a slow selling line. So you might say... We're selling the best widget in the market at a discount to cost price to all our existing customers as a way to thank them for their loyalty whenever they purchase another item. Don't be afraid to tell people what they're getting, what a value it is compared to other products and services and why it is that you can offer such value. Now, now think about this applies to any problem. Own it and market it. So let's think about a recent one. Now let's think about KFC who ran out of chicken earlier this year uh, and then they ended up putting their logo on their, on their box, you know, saying we fucked up um, in the style of KFC logo on their... So so they made a mess. They had no chicken. 
but they owned it and marketed it. We fucked up and they absolutely knocked it out of the park. So own the problem or own the overstock. Let them know they're getting a great deal from that. So marketing mistake number seven, failing to make doing business with your company easy, appealing, desirable and even fun. Now, you've got to make the relationship with your company easy and enjoyable. How good is your customer service? What knowledge do your sales assistant actually have? Is your product displayed really invitingly? Or are you taking your customers for granted if you're not doing all of those things? Now, Abraham states, number one, you cannot service too much. Number two, you cannot educate enough. Number three, you cannot inform too much. Number four, you cannot offer too much follow-up or follow through. You can't do that too much. Number five, you cannot make ordering too easy. Number six, you cannot make calling or coming into your business too desirable. So if you look at any franchise business these days, these are the key pillars on top of the systemizations and consistency that make um, the business develop and thrive. So you need to think about all of those things. Now, marketing mistake number eight, failing to tell your customers the reason why. So if you're selling cheaper than the competition, then let them know why. Do you? So for instance, do you buy in bulk? Therefore, you can sell it cheaper. Or do you strip out unnecessary stuff such as packaging? So that's what you do to keep the price down. Or do you sell, so instead of just saying we sell it cheaper, why do you sell it cheaper? Is it because you bought it in bulk or is it because you don't have some unnecessary stuff? Or do you sell at the top end of the market, but your product is far superior because it's made from better materials or is handmade or it lasts longer? Educate the customer as to why. Evidence um, that you want their custom and here's why. So you sell cheaply, give them the reason why or reasons. If you sell more expensively, let them know why. No marketing mistake number nine, not sticking with marketing campaigns that are still working. So Abraham warns, warns that businesses often tire of their own marketing campaigns long before the customers do and that they destroy their good work by changing it up um, and start giving out new messages far too often. So in the modern marketplace, um, you'll often hear Gary V bang on and on and on about maybe just two or three concepts at a time, maybe for 12 months solid, because he understands this concept deeply and that the marketplace never tires as quickly um, of the story as you tire of actually telling it. So if you have a winning formula, stick with it and only change it when you've got a better one. Now, marketing mistake number 10, when preparing ads, TV and radio commercials or direct mailings, forgetting to focus on the intended customer and no one else. So Abraham warns against having abstract, humorous adverts. Now, I'm going to disagree with him a little bit here, as I think if you have a large marketing budget running multiple different adverts or marketing campaigns, some of those should be in that space that he warns against. Also, in today's world of personal branding, you will be pushing out lots of differing messages to your brand or personality. But he does give some great advice around every campaign. So, And he he gives about four things here. He says, number one, get your target audience's attention with a headline. Get their attention with a headline. Number two, then state your offer. Number three, use the rest of the ad to persuade your prospect to embrace it. And number four, and finally, your CTA, your call to action. Now, if you want to reach people interested in furniture, don't use a cutesy little headline, he says. Um, instead, try something like, looking for a one and a half thousand sofa. I'm going to do an, we'll do an American voice. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I'm going to try and do an American voice here. Looking for a one and a half thousand uh, sofa value for $475. 
Ah, we have 150. Oh, that's absolutely fucking rubbish. So I'm just going to I'm just going to say it. I can't, I can't even do that. Looking for a one and a half thousand dollar sofa value for just four hundred and seventy five dollars. Um, we have 150 in stock right right now. And then you can then go on to say we sell expensive furniture at deep discounts. Our average price is 45% less than the manufacturer's suggested price. So there you have it. I was just funny driving past DFS yesterday. And that is DFS in a nutshell right there. DFS fucking right there, my friends. Right in that ad, but without the American voice. Sounded like a real redneck that I did there. So DFS know this shit. They obviously have um, checked out Abraham's work. And they're absolutely hammering it. So to answer my earlier question, is the book worth $1,000? Well, I haven't actually finished it yet, but um, some will say that he hasn't said anything new in it when they try to answer that question. This is true, but he's housed all his knowledge gained over many years and evidence through success and housed it all in the one place. My feeling is that the 1000 was a marketing stunt and little else, which actually worked really well for him. You know, because remember, he's charging 5000 per hour. That's more important to him than the $1,000 for the book. Now, so he didn't need the book to be mass market and sell millions of copies as he was already very wealthy. But the knowledge in this book is certainly worth more than $1,000. And if the Walruses avoid the 10 most common mistakes in their marketing, there'll be more than $1,000 of value from that chapter alone. And you got it all here for free on this amazing Speed Mentor podcast. Now, if I don't get a little bit of value back from all you miserable bastards that haven't left reviews yet, then I might just give this gig up. Go on, you know you want to. Tickle Chief Wallace's underbelly with a review today. And don't forget to subscribe whilst you're at it too, please. That's your luck for today. Maybe you don't need to worry about marketing too much because you've got such a great product that there's a queue of people wanting to buy it. Or maybe you're like me and everybody else and you just need to level your marketing up to build your own queue starting right here today. It's your choice. I'm a man.